Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Jim Harbaugh and his team are hard at work getting ready for South Carolina in the Outback Bowl on New Year's Day. The team will arrive in Florida early next week to put the finishing touches on their game plan and to just plain old have some fun. Next week, I'll have our game day show with beat writer Angelique Shengelis from the Detroit News, and we hope to have South Carolina radio play-by-play voice Todd Ellis join us on the visitor's segment, if his schedule allows. On today's show, my guest will be editor John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. We will talk about the early signing period, which is this week, the Shea Patterson transfer, Michigan basketball, men and women's, hockey under first-year head coach Mel Pearson, and much more. It's a long segment, so let's get to it. John Borton is up next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. With us on our game day segment this week as we approach Christmas and then next week, the bowl game is editor John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. Great to have you with us, John. That's good to be with you, Mike. It's uh, that time of year where you're kind of looking near forward to the bowl game and, and then farther forward down the line because so much is happening in uh, Michigan athletics and with the uh, football long term. Well, very busy on the athletic scene right now. Let's start with football, though, John. This Wednesday through Friday is the early signing period. First time this has ever happened. And right now it looks like most of Michigan's verbals are ready to sign from what we hear, but we really won't know until it happens, will we? No, there's always uh, changes that can take place, but uh, you do have a a number of uh, people that are ready to sign and some surprises, quite frankly, lately. Uh, You get a... uh, a local kid in uh, Ben Ben Sumrin, uh from Essexville uh, that just kind of came in late, and uh, another addition in Ronnie Bell out of Kansas City that uh, really was off everybody's radar in terms of being a football player. Uh, he was a, a basketball commitment and uh, and change. So you know you get some. Michigan fans that are a little bit worried about things saying, I don't know, you know, these aren't the, aren't the five stars that we were looking for, those sorts of things. But at the same time, they are people that uh, Jim Harbaugh's staff is taking a hard look at said, Hey, we want you. And some of the greatest stories I always find are uh, some of these guys that people look at and say, Oh boy, I don't know. He's not on my, I'm on the list that's sitting in front of me, uh, but then come through and and, uh, really have a great career. Well, it will be interesting, John, to see how this early signing period plays out for the first time. I was reading last night that Nick Saban already is not a fan of it. He says, you know, you're getting ready for a bowl game and you're recruiting, and he didn't think it was fair to either side, the coaches or to the players. But it is what it is. We're going to see how it rolls out. But 
Do you ever see the time that it eclipses National Signing Day in February? You know, I I really don't know if they would move the entire thing up. Um, possible. I mean, I've heard coaches for years say uh, they'd rather have an earlier signing period or a signing official signing day and and not go as late as it is. Or some have wanted to split it out like it is now. Uh, I think that with the changes that occur uh, on staffs and different things like that after the season, and, you know, there's sometimes some subterfuge and you don't know who's leaving and who's staying, but it, it, it still makes sense to me to have a date in February when kind of the smoke is all settled from the season and uh, you can have an uh, official day. Now, it, as far as, having a, a signing day in December and getting some of it out of the way. Some of these kids that have absolutely no thought of changing uh, at this point, I want to sign. I want it to be done. I, I have no problem with that. So, um, you know, I, I you, you ask if I see it changing uh, and com- becoming completely doing away with uh, the, the February signing day. I don't see that happening, I guess. And uh, But, again, it's it's recruiting, so I'm never totally surprised. No, and, and you can't make everyone happy. I know some coaches are all for it. Some players uh, really want to uh, get it out of the way. We'll just have to see later this week how it sort of rolls out. At the football mm-hmm. banquet last week, uh, Jim Harbaugh said, we have to get better. We just aren't good enough to win all of our games. He said that a couple of times since the close of the season. You know, a lot of people think, this team is a quarterback away from being a very good team, a Big Ten contender. Is that oversimplification, John, or do you think that really is the case? I think it's a little bit of oversimplification because that quarterback needs time to operate. That quarterback needs a good, consistent running game, even against good uh, top-level teams, to be able to do the things that he can do uh, at the level he ought to be able to do them. So the quarterback situation this year, no question, was just uh, kind of a mess in that uh, you couldn't keep people healthy and uh, and you couldn't have the level of effectiveness that you needed. And it really, you it's weird. You go into a season – with everybody saying, you know, this is a this is an eight and four team, maybe nine and three, because they've got so much rebuilding to do, uh, losing all those players. But then you get this hint of, wow, this defense is putting it together in a hurry again. Maybe things can be better than we thought. Uh, but the offense just couldn't keep pace in that rebuilding process. Now, you ask if the quarterback is uh, a world of difference. Absolutely. Just look at when Shea Patterson signs on and transfers to become a Wolverine. Some of the people around the country and not just, you know, Michigan, maize and blue tinted glasses, but some people that can't stand Michigan said, okay, Michigan's an immediate contender in 2018. But my contention is with that quarterback, whether it be Shea Patterson, whether it be a, a more, season grown-up version of Brandon Peters, uh, maybe uh, if Dylan McCaffrey keeps coming on. They have to have an improved offensive line. 
they have to have uh, a shoring up of the, the tackle situation, especially when Mason Cole is gone, and uh, they just have to be more effective in those ways that I was talking about, and that all starts in the offensive line. You talk to, as as I do, a host of Michigan offensive linemen, whether it be Doug Skeen or John Jansen or Dan Deerdorf or, or their old coach and Jerry Hanlon, uh, and they will all tell you, if you fix this offensive line, in a long, on a long-term basis, uh, you have fixed Michigan football. And I, I really believe that. Uh, so, yes, quarterback is taking a step up at Michigan, not only in the young talent, but in the acquisition of, of Shea Patterson. But uh, you got to give that guy, whoever it is, as the starter, uh, more time to throw, uh, a more effective running game and everything, all the other tools that he needs to uh, to be all that he can be. Well, let's talk about that Shea Patterson transfer for just a minute, John. An Ole Miss transfer. He was all the buzz uh, during early December. We know he was a five-star uh, coming out of high school, originally from Toledo, and then went down to IMG. Put up good numbers in what is a gunslinger offense down there, spread offense. But he's going to have some competition whenever he gets eligible, isn't he, John? Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you've got a guy that in Brandon Peters uh, who took over as the starter this year and was playing very well until he got uh, smacked down in the in the Wisconsin game and absorbed that concussion, couldn't go on. Um, I think, you know, he's got every reason to think, hey, I'm not, I'm not giving this up. I'm going to start in the bowl game. I'm going to prove that uh, I can be a very effective quarterback. He's been under Jim Harbaugh's system longer. Um, I don't. I don't see him backing down from the competition. I would say the same. Uh, Michigan coaches have really, really been impressed with the way Dylan McCaffrey has come along as a scout team quarterback. How he's gone about his business his freshman year very, very serious about the game and learning in this system and uh, providing great looks for the defense. Don Brown, who is the defensive coordinator, just just loves the kid, and he said some great things about him. So, yes, uh, you've got a better situation at quarterback now, given the, the Patterson transfer and given the talent level of the guys that are starting to get some experience and get some knowledge in the system than you've had in a good long while. So I I really look forward to the competition. And the great thing about that is whoever emerges from it is going to be very, very good and ready to go next fall. Well, in a little more than a week, John, we get one last look at this Michigan team for the year. Brandon Peters will be healthy. He'll be starting any way you cut it. This is a huge game, not only for this year's team, but for the future, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And that starts even before the bowl game is played down there in Tampa. Uh, you've had uh, practices aiming towards it. You've got practices leading up to it. This is the time when these young guys get a look, and we're talking about shoring up the offensive line. This is when they they take a look at, uh, say, a James Hudson, a true freshman offensive tackle that got moved over from the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I've heard some people say, hey, he's going to be a pro one day. Well, this is a chance where he gets to start to show it. 
and they and other young guys get a look. But at the same time, okay, you get to a certain point. Now we got to gear up and show that we can uh, we can win this game and take down South Carolina. Uh, there's a lot of sentiment on this team that th- there's very little. Uh, well, it's just you know it's just the difference between eight and five and nine and four to them. That's a big difference at this point. There were some games that slipped away. There were some games that they felt that they should have won, quite frankly. I mean, it's hard to say that about Penn state because you went out in a whiteout and, and got smacked pretty good by a decent team. But you look at Michigan state, you look at Wisconsin, Ohio state, all were winnable games by a team that wasn't expected to be maybe at the level it was uh, once mid-October hit. So they definitely want to finish with a win and some momentum going into the offseason. Well, John, at the end of uh, this season, it seemed there was an element of the Michigan fan base that were wavering, maybe not ready to jump off the Jim Harbaugh train, but wavering. Did that sort of surprise you? No. Because it's you're talking about an element of the fan base, and uh, the, there's always an element that's very easily swayed by, okay, what has just happened? And what had just happened was disappointment at the end of the season, and that's the second straight uh, regular season where there was a, a big disappointment against Ohio State. I mean, one year you had them by ten. Uh, and couldn't hang on this year. You get up 14 to nothing and can't hang on to that uh, game. So, yeah, there is uh, people will start to point to the record in rivalry games and things like that. I look at it and I wrote that uh, I think last this this current year is going to be, barring major injury, the worst year that uh, Jim Harbaugh a Jim Harbaugh team will go through in a a good long while. And that's because of the base that has been built. That's because of the defense that you've got coming back next year. And we'll fill in behind that. It's because of what they're doing in terms of getting that quarterback talent up to speed uh, and the the moves that they're making to, uh, to build in all areas on offense. Uh, So no, I'm not surprised by it, but at the same time, I look at this and think, you know, they're they're getting ready to to really turn it loose. They'll need to be very very good next year because uh, it's an incredibly difficult schedule. But uh, I think they're going to be at the point where they're ready to take it head on. Well, as we know, uh, we have the Outback Bowl, and as as you've just mentioned, uh, after that, fans' attention is going to uh, turn to South Bend Labor Day weekend. The renewal of the series with Notre Dame, which I'm looking forward to. Still don't understand why it's down there uh, this year, but at any rate, I'm glad it's back. The first is some very tough road games next year. Very tough schedule. Do you consider right now season number four to be the pivotal year under Jim Harbaugh, or is that not fair? I, you know, it's it's a very, very important year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's... it's uh, but again, if they don't win the Big Ten next year, do people say, well, suddenly we don't want Jim Harbaugh as our coach? No, I don't see that from the vast majority because they've seen uh, what he's put in place. And, you know, you can look at that schedule. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think this is a 
this is going to be a Michigan team at a level where uh, it will be a better team than you had a year ago in 2016. And that team was a play away from the Big Ten championship game and the playoffs. And in 2018, I see it as a team that, hey, maybe you can take that step. But you talk about a juggernaut. You start at Notre Dame. You play at Michigan State. You play at Ohio State. And then those crossover games, you, you get Wisconsin again in Michigan Stadium a week before you travel up to Michigan State. Uh, you do get a bye week after Michigan State, and that's a good thing because then you have to host Penn State. Those are some very good teams. Michigan plays all the best teams in the Big Ten and then plays at South Bend. So it is the type of game where, or the type of season where you could be an excellent, excellent team and yet have uh, a couple of losses along the way but be arguing late like some of the teams were this year hey, we're, we're still one of the best four teams in the country, and uh, we should have a shot at the playoffs. With us on our game day segment this week is editor John Borton from the Wolverine magazine. Well, John, we have all winter to talk about what's next for Michigan football, because as we know, even after the season, it never really ends. But there is a lot else on the winter scene to talk about, like Coach John Beeline and his team. And despite being a team that really is under construction, if you've watched them this year, not bad so far, John. Oh, not at all. You've gotten some nice wins there to uh, to be able to take down UCLA, to be able to uh, knock off Texas on the road. I, you've gotten some good wins. You've had a couple of slipped away. There's one big, big disappointment so far, and that is just that final 20 minutes against Ohio State. This is a team that it realizes as well as anybody. It should be 2-0 and in the Big Ten right now. You started that Big Ten season early. And that was just a crusher of a final 20 minutes uh, at Ohio State because Michigan's up 20 and uh, lets that lead slip away. But there's been a lot of good uh, from this team, and there's a lot of growth that's going to happen. There there were a lot of new pieces to the puzzle after you lose guys like uh, Derek Walton. And I I think that uh, there's a, a lot of hopefulness that this is a uh, a top, at least a top five Big Ten team, and maybe may better than that. If you're a top five ten, Big Ten team, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament again. Watching the early part of the season, John, uh, so many combinations that Coach Beeline is playing with, trying to put pieces together. And you know, when I watch this, I say, I'm not sure everyone appreciates just what a great coach and architect we have in John Beeline. He has used, again, so many lineup combinations already. I'm at the point where I don't even worry about what it is right now. Uh, I think we just should enjoy him while we can because he is some kind of a coach, isn't he? Oh, there's no doubt about it. And honestly, in that vein, when you talk about what he has accomplished at the level of integrity that he's done it in the sort of uh, quagmire that uh, college basketball can be, and we've seen that in the headlines and over the last few months, you realize that uh, this is the, this is one special coach. I put it out there that uh, not all that long ago that I, given everything involved, he may be the best coach that Michigan, the best basketball coach that Michigan, the University of Michigan has ever had. 
and uh, and that's saying something because they've had some some very good basketball coaches. But uh, John Beeline to in this era and the teams that have been proven to be doing things the wrong way and going down the wrong roads to try and you know grasp the the top wrong. Uh, and for him to do what he's done, I mean, he he beat everybody on the board except uh, a program that was blatantly cheating in the spring of 2013. And you you take that away, I mean, they they're at the top of the heap. You you can't. They don't. It doesn't work that way. But you see what he's done, and it's uh, it's fun to watch him work. It's fun to watch him work with a team and get it from uh, point. C in early November to point B later on, just before the Big Ten starts, and then uh, as a team is getting ready to to go into tournament time. It was a special, special time last spring, and that that's a lot of fun to watch. One of the best things about Coach John Beeline teams is they get better as the season progresses, and that's good because the Big Ten is uh, that schedule is going to be brutal. There is not one gimme on this year's schedule, John, and that's despite what happened in the ACC Big Ten showdown. We didn't look too good in that, but a lot of young teams in the conference. Again, you can't take a night off, especially on the road, or you're going down. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams that uh, are going to go into North Carolina and look bad. There's no doubt about that. That's just a that's a learning experience for anybody. I will say this. I, I just don't, um, and I talk to, to people that uh, are national correspondents, and as they look at the Big Ten, it's really Michigan State that seems a, a cut above at, in this particular year. And then, you know, you've got a lot of teams that are going to be fighting it out and maybe a, a little bit more of a, a down year for the Big Ten. We'll see how that plays out, but certainly uh, I don't think Michigan takes a back seat to anybody in that next group. And uh, what's going to be interesting to, is to see how high they can fight among that group. Like I said, I mean, they should be 2-0 and right now. They fully realize it. How often can they take advantage of situations uh, in the future where they are playing Big Ten teams and they need to uh, play even harder when they get up uh, 14, 16 points and not let games slip away. How much better will they get over the season? How much better do uh, Big Ten teams get? I can't believe, but, uh, you know, that uh, the Big Ten reopener at Iowa is uh, only a, a little over a week and a half away. So, you know, they're, they're going to be thrust right into the middle of it. And, uh, and I'm, I think that, as I said, this, this can be uh, a top five Big Ten team uh, and better than that, perhaps, but they have to, uh, they really have to work out some inconsistencies. And uh, you talked about them sorting through lineups. I think what they have to do is uh, get consistency beyond uh, a Maurice Wagner. You know you, what you're going to get out of him for the most part. Uh, and he, he came up with some very big three-point shots uh, at Texas. He's the inside-outside guy, tough to defend. You need uh, consistent scores beyond him. 
and that whether that's Charles Matthews or uh, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rahman, uh, Duncan Robinson, there's veterans that need to contribute, and they need some of these younger players to keep coming on and getting better because a lot of them have shown flashes, no doubt, uh, from I, Eli Brooks, uh, who's uh, moved into that starting role, uh, or at least playing a lot as a point guard, uh, right on down to some other very talented young guys. We all agree it's going to be an exciting Big Ten season uh, to see what happens in a, a very crowded race. You're right. I think uh, Michigan State is a cut above everyone else, but uh, it's going to be a dogfight for uh, everyone else. Not only is it going to be entertaining in the hardwood, but moving over to the ice, uh, Coach Mel Pearson behind the bench for his first year as head coach at Michigan. Uh, they're 7-7-2 seven, seven, and two right now, 3-5 and five in Big Ten play. This too, John, is a team under construction. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, any new coach has to, uh, even though he was in the system that uh, that Red Berenson ran, and even though he knows Michigan very well, Mel wants to do his, his own thing, and he's getting used to the current roster of players, vice versa, and, uh, you know, they, they simply have uh, some things to work out as the, the schedule goes along. 7-7-2 uh, seven, seven and two at this point. Uh, there are some close games that they would have liked to pull out that they didn't. Um, you know, losing overtime uh, to uh, to Penn State and uh, various things like that. I mean, you've you've lost uh, overtime games, uh, Ferris State, uh, and you know it's uh, it's that proverbial game of inches. I think uh, that this is a team that. Uh, will come on and uh, it you know learn to play better on the road. You know, most recently you uh, you beat uh, Michigan State four to nothing at home, and uh, everything is is feeling good. And you turn around and you have to go to East Lansing and you lose five to nothing. So uh, it's learning and a team growing up basically and growing up under a new system and just uh, basically maturing and becoming better over the course of the season. It's not unlike basketball in that respect. The expectation from Michigan hockey fans that I know is that it will very soon, once again, the program be uh, numbered among the elite. But how long do you think it's going to take Coach Pearson to get it back to that status? Well, (laughs) that's a, that's a great question. I know that, uh, they will be recruiting hard and they will uh, certainly be pushing to, uh, to be consistently among the elite. I think it's tougher now than it was say uh, back in the nineties when Michigan had it rolling at such a high level and you knew that uh, they were going to be, uh, in the NCAA tournament, you knew they were going to be uh, making a lot of uh, frozen four appearances. You know that they had always seemed to have the chance to to win it all. I mean, I think they're a ways from that point, and they've been you know they've been a ways from that point on a consistent basis for a while. So you know, I would hate to prejudge that in terms of uh, a timeline. But I am very interested, and I know Michigan hockey fans are interested to see how quickly uh, Mel can get it back to uh, where okay, this is this is happening on a regular basis, and uh, and Michigan 
is going to be a threat once uh, the NCAA tournament rolls around. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, Coach Pearson, how he develops that team and the program in his uh, first year. Another program that I I don't think gets enough credit right now, and I enjoy watching is women's basketball. Coach Barnes Rico has the ladies flying high in case someone hasn't noticed. They're 10 and 2, fresh off that exciting NIT championship last spring. This should be or could be a huge year for the women, John. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, a great start for them, uh, three and one on the road. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about learning to, to play on the road when you, uh, when you go on the road uh, early and uh, and you win that that only builds confidence you know it's uh i i like this team i like uh i like the fact that it won at a reasonably high level last season and uh won that you got that momentum of winning the tournament at the end of the year but at the same time you know, they they knew uh, they should have been in the NCAA tournament. They they had that feeling like, you know, we were better than uh, the fate that we were given. And that is a motivator. That can combine with the um, confidence that you're feeling that, hey, we've got a good roster. We've got a good plan. We've got a good team. Now let's go with it with the fact that, hey, we we should have been given a spot in the NCAA last year. Let's go out and get this done. So uh, I, I really think that um, this is a team to watch as well, and I know a lot of people do. It's a growing fan base for uh, Coach Bonzerico's team. Oh, absolutely. And when you look at this lineup, Caitlin Flaherty, who I love to watch, she's just an excellent little point guard. Uh, Jillian Dunstan, Nicole Bunger, Hallie Tone playing big in the middle, and freshman uh, Deja Church, who really is impressive to me so far. And there are others. Uh, there is a lot of talent on this team, John. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And so much of it uh, has gotten enough experience to where they know what they're doing. Uh, you're talking about uh, Flaherty and uh, very, very good, very savvy. Um, I, I just, I, I like what uh, coaches put together there. And uh, there's a, there's a confidence factor. And there is uh, certainly, this is a group we're talking about, you know, with, with Mel and hockey, you're, you're getting to know each other, but this team is already there. This team has, uh, has that connection, connectedness with each other, with the coach, with the system. All right, now let's go out and roll. Let's take it to the next level. And it's got the talent to do it. We also have to mention wrestling, John. Uh, coach Joe McFarland has his team primed for a big year. And other than that disappointing Lehigh loss, they are looking real good right now, John. Yeah, you know, it's and it's a, it's been such a, a strong program for a long time. And the... the the issue, if there is one, with uh, with Michigan wrestling, and it's not uh, an issue of talent, it's not an issue of coaching, it is that the Big Ten is so incredibly strong and is every single year that it is just a fight to, uh, I mean, you can be one of the elite teams in the nation and, uh, and be somewhere in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. So yeah, I, I'm I'm always interested uh, uh, in what uh, Coach McFarland does with his crew, 
and uh, to see where, how, how high they can rise. And the better you are in your league, uh, you know if you're, if you're good in this league, you are going to be one of the national elite. No, absolutely. If the Big Ten is dominant in one sport right now, it's wrestling five teams in the top 10 this week and 10 in the top 20. You talk about impressive, John. Every night out on the mat is against outstanding competition. And it's been that way for a long, long time. And that's that's what's fun. I mean, you know, you go back to the Bo Schembechler days and uh, folks said, uh, uh, you know, you should be you should be worried about uh, winning national championships and not just Big Ten championships. It's not all just about the the league. Well, you know, you don't have to worry about that in the Big Ten in wrestling. <laughs> if you and and that was you know that was really the same philosophy they had back then. You know, if if we win win the Big Ten and take care of that, we will be in position to do all the things that we want to do. You uh, you win the Big Ten in wrestling. You get close to the top in the Big Ten in wrestling. You're gonna. You don't have to worry about uh, national prominence. You will be there. Absolutely. Uh, right now, Penn State number one in the country. Ohio State number two. So um, a lot of uh, great stuff going on in the mat. There is just so much to talk about, and we didn't even mention swimming and diving or gymnastics yet. But those sports also primed for again elite seasons, John. Oh, and they, you know they're they're going to be, uh, they are going to be those uh, all great coaches, all history of uh, winning championships, and you know they they reload. Those are some of the funnest uh, sports to follow on this campus because you know that they're going to operate at a high level. I, I just, uh, you know, the way Mike Bottom goes about his business and uh, and the gymnastics coaches, uh, you're talking Big Ten championships, you're talking uh, national championships. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, the winter is a, is a great time to be a Michigan fan if, you know, you are willing to uh, sort of spread yourself out and uh, and understand that there are other things going on besides football and football recruiting. Uh, a lot of really high-level athletics going on. I uh, encourage Michigan fans to check out some of our other winter sports. There is a lot going on at an elite level right now on campus. And as you can tell, uh, there's a lot to hold our interest this winter on the Michigan athletic scene. So we'll be sure to get you back on soon to talk about it. As always, John, thanks for being so gracious with your time. And I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. I enjoyed it as always. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, thanks again to senior editor John Borton from The Wolverine for spending so much time with us today. As you heard, there is a lot going on this winter on the Michigan sports scene, and we have some great programs to follow and support through these chilly months. Believe it or not, we are only about seven weeks away from softball and baseball getting their seasons underway, too. So as I always say this time of year, even though football season will be over soon, That doesn't mean we hibernate or go away. 
I will be here with you each week to cover the busy winter sports scene, and I hope you'll join me each and every week. As I mentioned at the top of the show, next week we will be back with our Outback preview shows. Because Christmas is on Monday, our program schedule will be a bit different. On Wednesday, we hope to bring you our game day show with the angel of the big house, Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News. Then on Friday's visitors segment, South Carolina radio play-by-play voice Todd Ellis is scheduled to give us the Gamecock perspective on the Outback Bowl. I hope you'll find the time to join us as we get ready for what is another very big game for Michigan football's present, and yes, our future. I might even have a Michigan man extra for you later this week. If that happens, I will let you know on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us weekly on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. That will do it for this week's show. Before we leave, I would like to take just a minute to wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas. Next week, we are wrapping up our eighth season of bringing you this show, and it's hard to believe. And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening each week, or even every so often. As I say every year at this time, doing the show is a labor of love. And I look forward to rolling into Season 9 of The Michigan Man in January. So enjoy Christmas Day with those you love, and then join me next Wednesday and Friday to wrap up the year with our Outback Bowl preview shows. Until then, have a great Maize and Blue week, everyone. And again, a very Merry Christmas from all of us here at The Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!